Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be alright. Just know that it will be alright, it will be alright, it will be alright. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? So it is a New Year's, about to be New Year's for everybody. Tomorrow's New Year's Eve. <laughs> Are y'all excited for the new year? Did 21 wear y'all out or did, what's the tea? <laughs> um, it's warming out. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm ready to be in 2022. Uh, did it wear you and, out as much as 2020? You know what? Because I think because COVID started in Seattle and it started as a local story, COVID at first, 2020, was just kind of like, you know, it didn't, it didn't wear me out as much as 2020. 2021 has been like, so we still doing this. Okay. Because we had COVID from the jump. It started off like in a nursing home, local story, and we got pretty acclimated really early. So we just thought, okay, everybody else going to do what we're doing over here in Seattle. Calm down. We're going to shut things down. We're going to keep them. And here we are. So, <laughs> so why was twenty twenty one like worse? Just you know, just life. We're not shit? done. We're not done. I mean, life stuff, and we're not done. It's like we almost were done with COVID, maybe. And folks have decided now. I'm still, you know, be in this COVID. That you know, please people, you do what you got to do. But you know, we get done quicker. Everybody get vaccinated or protect yourself get out the way so we can keep it moving i was kind of happy because i feel like i I thought of different things outside the box like my my schedule program was interrupted so i had to like do like make a change like try something different um adjust to different things and and sometimes change can be hard but sometimes change is good too but this was like a kind of like a fucking sci-fi movie like Uh uh-uh like people with masks and stuff like bitch i i never thought i'd be in no time where people have to wear masks because it's a contagion and people are dying left and right like this shit seems so surreal so yeah. I, I i i'm just looking forward to like um better habits 
Yeah, because you went through uh, uh, like a scheduling shift in regards to like you're not working no more. So all of 2021, you haven't been working, right? Like a regular job. No, I no, I haven't. I don't yeah. think so. No. Yeah, so you had a whole different schedule. How has that been? I mean, it's not something that I'm not used to. Like, um, I'm, I was able to make enough money doing sex work to like, thankfully be able to be like be okay but um like I, I also do different other things too like different um things where I hang out with my sister we try to figure out other ways to make money like so I mean I don't know it wasn't really that that hard but I was, it was scary in the beginning because I was like you know how am I going to protect myself from COVID and I'm doing sex work. So it was like, what are the girls doing? I'm I'm seeing the girls travel and make money. So it was like, dang, like, what do I do? And I end up like finding some like guideline or something, Mm. how to do it. People were improvising. It it was, it was interesting, but made it work. The interesting, crazy, the crazy thing about it is that I did lose my job because I did get COVID. Um, well, it wasn't just that, oh. but that was like the tipping point. So, okay. like, you would think that, like, in the moment, like, they would try to have, like, some type of empathy. Because I've been with the company for four years. And I was, like, the third top selling person in the company when they got rid of me. Wow. So, yeah, the only the only other two people that were beside me was a white man and a white uh, a black man. And so, it, wow. it was like, it, it was it kind of got me because I put a lot of my time and my energy into it. And so I was just like, dang, like, you can't have all your, I guess, your eggs in one basket. Right. That's wild, though. But good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a transition, seriously. Well, I, I mean, I've been hustling since I was 18. So I've, I've always been in and out of, like, a job, but I've always kept a coin. Okay. That's real. My year was good. I look forward to 2022. It was pretty chill. I already got my surgeries out the way. Oh, yeah, that was a good milestone. Just that relief of knowing that I could focus on other stuff. You know what I mean? Like build on other things. Like, um, just I'm at that stage where I'm figuring out what I really want to do in life. So now that I already got all that stuff out the way, it's easy to get caught up into it where you don't focus on other things, which you want in life. And so that's why it's important to simultaneously work on what you want to do in life. While Collectively. You pursue, yeah, surgeries mm. and stuff. So that way you're not like, oh, wow, like what's next? Yeah. So not to say I'm at that, but like I'm pretty close to it. If God bless me with another year. I look forward to it. Oh, that's why I want to say that I have been, I've gotten close a lot closer to guys since the pandemic, baby. People dying left and right. Same. Listen. Oh, yeah, that, that's definitely happened for me during time. Yeah. A spiritual change, a big spiritual change. So, yeah. That's that's really the biggest thing. I think that's a good place to be, have a spiritual anchor and the idea of um, 
you know, having what I, what I would consider some of the big milestones of your transness to be like, oh, we, we've, we took care of these things that these main things that we need. And then, oh, now I can be like a fucking normal person and focus on the idea of, you know, what my career is going to be, what I'm going to do in life, da, 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 da. Some of those t- typical, you know, human things that we go through at, you know, I couldn't go through in my twenties because I was going through my trans stuff and, you know, stuff with my, um, with my family. Um, I had to focus on, you know, just on survival and just on trans stuff where it wasn't until I got in my thirties that I was able to be like, Oh shit, I can really focus on a career now. And so, so it's a blessing to be in that spot in your twenties, which is really, really good because that is, you know, that means you are going, you kind of going at the pace that cisgender people are typical now you know i'm not trying to aspire to think that you have to be at a certain place for anybody you have to be at a certain place everything is different for different people but usually around 20s and you know late 20s and early 30s people are really kind of honing in on their career so it's good that you are in that i think that's a blessing to be in that spot yeah me too absolutely absolutely yeah um, for me, th- this year has been very, very similar to 2020. While 2020 was scary in the sense of COVID and, you know, people dying and all that kind of stuff for my personal pockets and my personal self, it was like actually love. 2020 was love when it comes to business and um yeah. Um, opportunities and stuff like that. It was just, it just was a whole different game for me. And, um, and 2021 was very, very similar. I worked with people that I had never worked with before. Um, just did produce some things that I had never, um, on a scale that I had never worked on before. And so it was just really, it was just really, really good for me. And I, um, I enjoyed it. Only literally the only negative that has happened between these past two years is my mom passing away. That literally, and this week is her anniversary, is the anniversary for that. And so that was hard, but I also have a great support system. I also have, um, you know, a lot of emotional intelligence. So I'm not a person that is yeah. holding holding some emotions in and not grieving and not letting stuff out, honey, when I want to cry about my mommy, I'm crying about my mommy. When I want to talk to somebody about it, I talk to somebody about it. So it's very, um, it has been a very healthy grieving experience. Um, on top of losing friends, you know, like Nikita from Queer Walk, um, um, Jahira, um, trans woman in, um, Boston that was murdered. Um, and, you know, those, those things kind of hit me hard because they were in, you know, closer in the circle of regard, but, um, but because I was always already kind of in mourning and doing what I need to do to deal with death for all this time, it it almost felt like, oh, this is just, I I can work through this because I'm already doing the work to work through it. And so it wasn't as hard as I imagined years ago. Like, if you know, I don't know if, I don't just sit and imagine somebody, my folks dying, but because death is a part of life, I did imagine, God, what is going to happen when my mom passed away? You feel what I'm saying? I remember thinking right. that, not right. dwelling on it, but at least thinking like, damn, I know that's going to fuck me up because that's my mom um, right. years ago. And so I, I'm, I'm not glad that it happened, but I'm glad that it happened now in my late thirties 
so I can I have the literally the tools to yeah. You know what I'm saying? Handle it with maturity, handle it where it's not just breaking my whole world because my mom passed away. So um so yeah, it was 2021 was pretty decent other than that and so I'm hoping to go in 2022 with um more opportunities. I want to grow, I want to um I got other goals. I do, I do have a book that I that is supposed to be coming out late spring, early summer. Okay. All right. And so I'm so excited about that. And so yeah, I'm excited about 2022. All right. That's what's up. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. This is, I think this is good news. Um, Steven Spielberg is, um, has took on a project that I think is really, really cool. He is making a film adaptation, another, a more up-to-date revisiting of the um, film adaptation of West Side Story. Now, West Side Story is not the greatest representation. So I hope because uh, Latinx people had a problem <laughs> with this story because it was very, eh, it was, it was weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't yeah. really want to go into that context. I let the, um, um, the people talk about <laughs> that when it's time for them to talk about that. Cause that's not, that's not my history to go to talk about. And so, um, but they had a problem with it. They were, everybody wasn't cool with this right. the representation of Puerto Ricans and Latinx folks um, in West Side Story. Um, but in in the in in West Side Story in the 1961 version, there was a, at the time who we would consider like a tomboy. Um, it was an AFAB person who was masculine of center. And um, they, you know, they were trying. It, it, the, the musical is based on like this, these two rival gangs kind of like clashing in the, in the interpersonal relationships happening in the story. And one of the gangs were called the Jets. And the, and the tomboy person was really trying to be a part of the Jets, a part of this all male gang. And they wanted to... Um, be a part of this and be respected as just one of the guys. And, you know, it was a part of the story. This was a person who was, you know, not fitting in the cisgender 
you got basic. It was a queer person. And mm-hmm. so tomboy yeah. mm-hmm. so we we're not gonna we know that in 1961 they were not gonna um take care of this handle this you know in the best way but right you know it right. was representation it was something it wasn't super super bad they were shitting on her of course <laughs> in the right. in the sense of you know, talking about you're not a guy and all that kind of stuff or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So they didn't handle it as well, but that is to be expected in 1961. But now Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg is taking on the project and they are, um, and he is um, doing it. So, and he is making the character explicitly trans, not just oh, this um, tomboy thing, but actually the character is being played by a non-binary person. Um, okay. And they are actually making it explicitly trans. So I hope that in this story, in, in this new reiteration of the story, they do better in their representation of um, Puerto Rican people, and of course, they need to have some a range of colors too. I hope. I hope. I hope. <laughs> range of colors. I hope. I hope. <laughs> um, don't be like in the Heights. Really, really makes be ex- expand that idea of what um, Puerto Rico represents in regards to color, but also in regards to trans representation. I really hope that they do a more robust thoughtful depiction of this trans person in this story. So my question to y'all is when it comes to representation, a lot of people think like a lot of particularly, you know, cishet people, they feel like it's being thrown in their face and it feels like there's an agenda, not particularly because this is a new idea, but because they're seeing it more often now. <laughs> this is not new. And I'm not talking about us just existing, but even the idea of ex- ex- exploring things. We, we, I think about the episode with the Jeffersons when his, um, his military homeboy had transitioned. And oh, yeah. Yeah. they explored that, that in the Jeffersons. No, no, no. In the Jeffersons. Not the TV show. The actual oh, TV show. the black TV yeah. And so mm-hmm. when we when we think about all in the family, like with Archie Bunker, his homeboy mm-hmm. had transitioned. And oh, this, yeah. Yeah. now were they great depictions? Were they really just comic relief? Absolutely. But yeah. the idea of this type of storytelling, but taken seriously is mm-hmm. the new part. And I think this is the part that they're not liking. So tell me what are y'all thoughts around those things? I haven't I haven't seen uh seen the seen the musical yet. Um, but I'm excited to see it. I remember uh seeing it when I was younger in the character. I mean, I was a theater kid, so I was into all that kind of stuff. Um, but it definitely was weird being trans and not having the language to articulate it and being kind of put into these like I didn't do musicals though, I did like regular theater because that was like too you are a girl for me at that time. But uh, but that was one of the few characters that were like kind of gender, uh, what was androgynous, maybe? Yeah. You know, so it's like that's possible. Um, but I think it's dope, especially, you know, I know for myself being limited at the time and kind of being like, I don't think I want to continue on this work around theater because it's so it's gender and it, I mean, and it's racialized. So that's a whole different piece, like you were saying. 
diamond about like i hope there's some dark-skinned people in the movie <laughs> i hope they exist because i was playing everybody's mama you know kind of <laughs> kind of thing as a dark-skinned black girl right like i was always like somebody's mama did all the fences Mm-hmm. All the typical monologues, <laughs> all the black girls that did forensics. We all kind of had there's like a rotation of monologues that kind of went along. Only reason mm-hmm. I had different stuff because my mom was an English teacher. So she like hooked me up and she taught like African-American literature. She was into that kind of stuff. So that's what gave me the little inside. But otherwise, everybody was like for color girls or everybody was like, you know, certain set fences, monologue from there, you know, roles and piano. There was just a certain set. Of black monologues to do if you were a black girl um but anyway yeah no i think it's dope to have that kind of representation for younger people especially to know that that's a possibility to continue in the arts because it's so gender especially performing arts i completely agree like especially you know? with yeah the new generation that's coming up like they're they're um breaking a lot of barriers and stuff so i think the representation definitely does matter i think yeah. um yeah, that that's how I feel about it. Like the representation matters. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that he is um being um pro pro trans because that's exactly what it is. And I think that is beautiful to see. I remember when I was younger, I was a part of a troupe, the Ashanti Children's Theater troupe on Ashanti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they used to um we used to do a play, two plays a year at the Madam C.J. Walker um, um, Theater in Indianapolis, Indiana. And mm-hmm. they, you know, they recruited children. It was a, a children's theater group. And like you said, it was very, the they were, because it was a Black-owned, Black-ran and woke Black people, um, Pan-African type of yes. um, people that was come on, running up, this. Come on, up South. Yeah. <laughs> right, it was the up South Black folks. Yes, yes, they were yes. very, um, yeah. the, it was very racialized. So all the things that we were allowed to do was, you know, Black people, but it the they were not moving the gender shit at all. Like they were moving yeah. the... Um, <laughs> You know, they were racializing it, but they weren't moving the gender shit at all. And I remember, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we did monologues, we did people like Langston Hughes. We did people like Paul Lawrence Dunbar. We did people like and and we and it wasn't just playwrights in August Wilson. We weren't just doing playwrights. We was actually doing poetry from artists and um, and and turning them into monologues. And, Mm. you know, for for us. It was definitely racialized, but I remember trying out for um, for the Wiz, and I actually got an understudy to be to be the um, Tin Man, <laughs> and it was okay. so fucking cool. It was such a fucking cool experience because yeah. you know. Although that was a very gendered character, it was fun. It was fun. They we got to dance. His his dancing was very unique because he was the <laughs> ten man. Um, uh, me and at the time, super super skinny <laughs> boy. <laughs> we was me and the I was the understudy. The main character. Usually, how the politics of the troop work is the older people, right. like the older teenagers who are about to age out. They yeah. get to play the major roles because 
one okay. of the, the dude who who got the role was way older than me. He was about to age out. And so it was his time to be like, oh, I'm about to do the I'm gonna do the play or whatever. And so yeah, um they let me do it because I I could at the time dance <laughs> and sing. And um, so I was able to <laughs> do his character and it was so fucking fun. It just was one of those experiences that I you know that yes, it was gender, but I had a, such an amazing time because it had it 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 had the elements of all the other stuff that um, people said was queer. Like you shouldn't be dancing like that. You shouldn't be. You know that all the shit that everybody else um, in my family was trying to kind of police. Um, yeah. Any kind of the artsy musical stuff that was. I don't know if it was considered feminine or considered nerdy or considered, you know, right. this is a time when, you know, when I'm growing up during this time, gangster rap and being hood and being a thug was the way, um, you know, black malehood was depicted. So anything mm-hmm. outside of that, whether it be nerdy anime, like I remember Akira had came out recently. Akira is like an old anime. Um, Akira had came out recently. Anything musical that was not hip hop, that just it just was mm-mm. everybody frowned upon it. Anything nerdy, yeah. these were the things that was not fucking motherfuckers weren't fucking with. And so we hadn't yeah. had the kind yeah. of shift that we are going through now. And mm. so it allowed mm. me to do all the fun shit that I wanted to do while still being a male character. And I wasn't really tripping because shit. It seemed like every boy in there was fucking queer as fuck. <laughs> right, right. So it was right. almost like it really didn't matter. We were getting to do what we want to do. And all the adults weren't toxically homophobic. Like they right. knew what was up. So right. they didn't condone the shit, but they weren't being shady either about especially it. Especially like, in the art space. Yeah. Especially in the art space. You get what I'm saying? So they weren't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like they were saying, go ahead and be gay and da 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 da. They weren't saying all that shit, but they <laughs> right. were saying right. they weren't right. being negative at all. So it was, yeah. uh, that's one of, one of, one experience when I was younger in the musical theater field that um, yeah. actually positive for me. You know what's funny? I was just thinking about when you mentioned your experience as the ten, well, ten man situation. When I was in, I went to art school. They're public schools, but the special they were specialty focused in the arts for elementary school, middle school, and high school. So everybody there was like gay. Everybody, the whole that was the whole gag. It was like MHS gay high school of arts, right? Um, and if you was black and you went to the school, everybody, you know, the rest of your fam, everybody were like, you go to that gay school. So everybody there was already by default kind of an outsider. You know what I mean? Because there really weren't sports. The sports were like forensics, competitive acting and speaking. You know, like, like everybody was nerd. When I was in middle school, I did. I was in this play called The Honorable Urashi Mataro. And I got to play the lead character, The Honorable Urashi Mataro, who was a man. And I had a beard and I got my life in this show. And uh, I was in eighth grade. And I remember like we did the cast party. My mom was like, take all that makeup. I was like, oh, no. I'm going as the honorable Urashi Mataro to the cast party, okay? I'm about to eat this pizza with this beard, okay? The spirit gun is not getting off my face. I'm feeling this. But I felt so affirmed, you know what I mean? And, you know, not having the, the word back then to articulate, especially then, because it really wasn't no internet. You know, you have to go to the library, like trans, gay, index cards and shit. So it really, it really was... Um, yeah, it really, yeah, I feel that. Like, that 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 goes a long way as a young person to feel affirmed and be able to do what you got to do. 
you know, and be active and participate in things. Wasn't there um, a trans woman in uh, Hamilton? The main uh, female characters are the Sky, the, the Skyler sisters, or what have you. I think she played one of the Skyler sisters. Mm, I never watched Hamilton. I never watched it. Okay, but that would okay. be cool. But I know that yeah. um, NJ um, Michaela Rodriguez. I know she came from theater prior to her transition. Um, she was a theater. She was working in theater. So I know that mm-hmm. was her, her claim to fame. That's before she got the Pose gig. That's and before she transitioned. Um yep. she was working in theater. Oh Hamilton Black Trans cast member files complaint. Oh shit. <laughs> right okay. when you gave them they yeah. I'm like, okay, look at us. We got black trans women in, in Hamilton in the musical, in the touring cast. Okay, she had to file a lawsuit. One step forward, two steps back. Okay. So this black trans former cast member of Hamilton has filed a complaint against a hit musical accusing other performers harassing, physically threatening, intentionally, repeatedly misgendering them. Oh, Lord, King have no funds. Shortly after asking for a gender neutral dressing room. Yeah, it's crazy. You couldn't just get this child a gender neutral dressing room. Uh, dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> so we can continue. No. This no. little progress in the theater as we're talking about no. what side story is like. No. I used to get out. I in, the, in, the, art, in the theater, in the in the theater drama, drama space? Well, just in general, like throughout my life, I've gotten wore out in the restroom. Oh, oh, wow! <laughs> like um, the, um, there was a time I was in a club. Um, when I was like right before I started hormones, some a woman was like, um, I, I went to the restroom with my girlfriends, like I always do, and somebody told on me. Security came out and kicked me out, and was like Tinkerbell and all this extra. Then I then I was working at a plant. And um, the uh, I went. I was using the restroom per usual, and uh, somebody told on me. I got called to the office and said if I was able to ever to use the restroom again, they were gonna fire me. Um, wow. When I when I when I was in college, the same this thing is in happened. Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. When I was in college, the same That's thing. Wild. Like I've I've had that happen to me for a, a long time. It's you had that I, happen to you on campus. Yeah, on campus. By by wow. um, office officials. Was it public? It was a public institution too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, a McClinic Community College in Waco. Wow. Okay. They um uh one of the pe- one of the women in the office um used the restroom while I was in there, and of course she know my tea, mm. and so she told security. The security pulled me to side and said they would call the police if I used the restroom again. So. First of all, that's fucked up, and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. That's some bullshit. Two, Thank so you. Te- quick question about Texas. So Texas has laws that are based on municipality, based on city, basically. It just depends on where you live in terms of protections. Yes. No, no, no. Like, it's, um, there are no protections. <laughs> like, it's, oh, not, like period. it's not. Period. Yeah, there's no um, ordinance, particularly in most of the, particularly small cities, definitely not. But in most of the major cities, too, there is no protective ordinance. I think Dallas might have one. I'm not 100% for sure that. But I know Houston, we did have one when Anise Parker was mayor, but then they, they overturned it. And so oh. that, that was the hero um, ordinance. They rescinded the hero ordinance. There. Yeah, they yeah they overturned uh. it. So we don't have them now. So technically, 
I haven't really heard uh-huh. any issues about bathrooms in a very, very long time here. Um, but as far as protections, we really technically don't have them at all. Unlike, you know, you over in Seattle and you watch it in the California girls and boys yeah. uh, and, and, and people. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's a whole different it's a whole different world. But okay. but but also, I mean it, it is and it isn't, right? Because it, it also really depends on where you live. Because out here, if you east of the mountains, that's Seattle, that's uh Tacoma, which got way more black people, and that's uh Everett, which is a little bit more diverse as well. But once you go west of the mountains, that's like the country basically. So it's really like this little sliver <laughs> by the by the Puget Sound. But once you get past that, you you hitting like desert and all kinds of stuff. Then next thing you know, you by Idaho. Now over there, you know. <laughs> the way you said I, that. I'm just saying you are. Like one, it's one gotta of my, be country. That's something, right? And one of my old yeah. housemates uh, lived in the middle of the state in this place called Yakima. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's also trans. She was like, no, nah, like I was getting all kinds of shit. I was getting shit at my job, shit at the da-da. It just was not a safe place to be in Yakima. We're watching, it don't matter. Washington, Washington State can check all the boxes, mm-hmm. right? We got protections for gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, this, that, the third. But if that stuff's not enforced, like it's, it's fine. I mean, you can, like you said, Diamond, like you don't necessarily have to have it on paper for people to be acting right. And even when you got it on paper, it don't mean people are going to act right unless you got the time and energy and the money to fight. Yeah. Essentially. Because you got to have proof. time and money. Right. You got to have the proof energy. Too. Yeah. If you don't got the proof, the time and the money don't matter either. Mm-hmm. Unless, so then like Seattle or like a San Francisco or something like that, it's a little easier, but that's also like if you have the, the time and energy, but they do make it a little easier because they're a little bit more proactive about it. But this is pretty extreme out here though, I will say. <laughs> like Seattle is a very, it's a, it's a special place. It's different. So yeah, so what we are teaching y'all now is that in rural areas of most places, <laughs> they don't give a fuck about yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and I think also like more than just rural areas, right? I just think it's important. Like you can live in a state that has protections. Don't get it twisted. You can live somewhere that says we got all these protections, but it also depends on where you live in that state. It also could depend on where you live in that city. How they are so going to not, enforce those rules. Exactly, right? And then also, like, are you in a position to feel empowered to push back? Because if you're not, you got to worry about your, I say safety first, you know? So, you know, even in Seattle, right? So it just really depends, um, you know, law schmalls. I mean, that's the problem. With, that's the problem with the policy, you know, liberal feminism, like white women, oh, we just need laws. You, you need more than just laws because- yes. It, that don't mean nothing. That's on paper. I mean, we still got slavery, so <laughs> we got Facts. laws. But... Still got the lynching law. <laughs> you said what? They still got the lynching law. No, they haven't passed the anti lynching act. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they still they, yes, they still got it's there. still out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, still hanging out there today. Come on, Ida B. Wells part two. What we doing? (laughs) (laughs) So to wrap up, make sure you um, check out West Side Story Mm -hmm. down with um, watching that and see if Steven Spielberg, you know, he has a history of doing really good films. So I don't I don't I have hope for um, Steven Spielberg to do it right. Um, So make sure you check it out and tell us 
what you have experienced in the art space as a trans person. Mm-hmm. Have you felt more affirmed? Have you not been affirmed? What are your experience when it comes to if you are artsy fartsy type of motherfucker? <laughs> let, let us know what hey. you have experienced okay. in your experience. <laughs> Um, of navigating that space as a queer person or as a trans person. Hashtag March is Play. There's a trans guy in Kansas City, uh, well, Blue Springs, Kansas, I should say. Um, and he just won a settlement for $4 million um, after a lawsuit against his school about the restroom in the locker room. See, this is the issue. So he, well, this is the T, I should say. In 2010, like when he was in middle school, he got his name changed. And then in 2014, he got his gender marker changed. But although the state recognized him as a boy, the district denied the the student access to the boys' restroom once he went to um once he went to high school. So he was able to use the the the, the male's restroom when he was in middle school. But once he re- went to high school, right. he changed it. They haven't released his name yet. I think his parents are trying to keep him safe, and he did just get a Q coin. So I know that's right. I know um, that's right. He's a minor. Yeah, uh, he gotta be. He can't be a black. A black child. I bet he died. I bet they're not black. <laughs> I bet. I, and I'm. I'm sorry. That just. It just don't work like that for us. <laughs> that time and money. That time and money. It just don't. No, and no shame. Sometimes to do if you got the right coin, like you said, Jay. If you got the mm-hmm. right coin, it's time that mm-hmm. it work. But baby, I know in middle school, I know Diamond won her little case, but she didn't get no coin. Now he don't got no coins. No coins at all, baby. <laughs> no coins. They say you can Justice. wear your little dress, no girl, yeah. but you ain't no coins <laughs> happening. You can wear your little dress. <laughs> they gave him four points. What? What? Four point one million Wait. for his pain and suffering, darling. Wait a minute now. Word. I want four point one. No. I got pain. I got suffering. That's that's sickening. So <laughs> my question. Still got trauma. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay, we out here black in America and shit. Come on now. <laughs> I, I, just, I just I just don't want people to be able to be nasty to me because the law that allows them to. Right. That's real. I, I that's the like whenever people are nasty to me and I try to go run to the law for help with being trans, they always flip it. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. in the south. Well, mm-hmm. in, especially in the rural area before I got my name changed, especially before I got my name changed. Right. Baby, if them documents didn't look the way you look, we're calling you a sir and we're calling you your dead name. And right. you can't do anything about it, baby. Have right. A, have, a, have a nice day, Jeremy. <laughs> right. Right. Damn. Damn. But, um, yeah, so, okay. Caboodle. <laughs> Caboodle. My question to you guys is, what would you do with the four million? If you was awarded uh, four million, what would you do with it? Z? I would buy some cryptocurrency and then <laughs> <laughs> I would give some away to charities. I would give me a house. I'll pay off all my debts. What charities? I don't know. I would find one. You don't got like a genre? I would find one and do some extensive research. 
find out what is grassroots organizations because it's a lot of you girls doing witchcraft in these grassroots organizations getting cute coins and houses and surgery and things that are <laughs> so you got to do your ground root grassroots that is a thing that's a thing too that's a thing too that is a thing that so, that is a thing. You want to make sure it got some roots. Real roots instead of some claws. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm gonna go <laughs> Whoever wanna go next? Me, I would definitely. I would definitely get me like a house, you know, the basic mm. stuff. So I'm not fucking paying rent and I'm just paying property taxes, <laughs> some land mm. in a house. Um, mm. But as far as projects, I would definitely, I, it's only four point something million. So I definitely would get a house. Mm. I would um, put the BBB in on salary for a year like all the hosts and the creators uh in the bbb network and make it an official network where we can literally go if, if they want to they can go on sabbatical from their actual work and literally for you know as many years as i can afford have them actually be on salary to do their creative content however they want to do it <laughs> like every one of our podcasts, yeah. everybody yeah. is on salary to do whatever, however we want to do it, mm-hmm. um, for as long as I can afford. Um, and I would probably fund some type of creative project, like a film or a um, mm-hmm. couple of albums for trans artists or um, oh, that's cool. a film. So if I could do that within that four million, take care of my. Housing, make sure that's secure. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. I would create an official network so we can all do this, do our work, and do this powerful work without worrying about, you know, the stresses of life. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that's it. I think those are some good answers, y'all. What about you? Yeah. Um, I think you know, I think like Diamond, I would do like the foundational piece. I want to, you know, get some property, get some properties perhaps, um, and take care of that kind of stuff, set a little money aside for savings. Definitely would like to donate to some different organizations. Um, yeah, I think I would, you know, also, also have some creative ventures also maybe even like supporting not just nonprofits, but just like other projects that are pretty dope that people are doing. Um, yeah, I think, and you know, just a general general gist like that, you know, maybe take a vacation or two. Maybe give me a little vacation home. Let me a little vacation area secluded. Hopefully corona won't still be around, you know, um, by the end. But if I'm a little piece of property isolated, you know. But yeah, basically just let the money make money too. Like Z was saying with crypto kind of thing. Maybe not crypto, but or maybe crypto. I don't know. Shit, that's the future. So I don't know. I said I was analog, so whatever. Making money, let the money make money. Period. <laughs> well, I'm here for that. Um, so. Listen, you got to have multiple revenues income. I just because that's yeah. what I want. I just I want my I want my bills on auto draft. Like I know that's right. <laughs> I wouldn't have to wait, look at the first and be like, oh, I'm just like, bitch, I'm not worried about bills. Um, what I would do with the money, I've always like I 
Like I daydream a lot. I've been there. I've been, I've always daydreamed since I was young. I always said this. If I ever had like a cute coin, mm-hmm. I would get 10 trans women. Well, no, 4 million is a lot. So I'd probably get 20 trans women and 20 trans men. And I would let them um, pick what gender affirming surgery they would want me to pay for. Mm-hmm. And if the girls want FFS, go ahead, pay for their surgeries. If they want sex change, pay for that. And or if the boys want their sex changes, they talk surgery or whatever, whatever they decide they choose. Like, definitely do that because I know how hard that is and how um, how how good it, it makes your life when you are able to, like, see, really see yourself or feel better about yourself in general. Mm-hmm. As a so and mainly, mainly trans people of color, but it, it would be for anybody. Um, also I would, I would, I would give my mom her own house. I would give my father his mm. own house and I would definitely get him a cute little coin so that could suffice. And I know my, I know I would just make sure that my people are good, get, get everybody their coins, like make sure everybody, everybody that I know can contribute to their goals and their aspirations in some type of way like be able because because i think that's what we all want to do we all want to accomplish our dreams and we want to accomplish our goals but the sometimes for some people is the money that's holding them back or sometimes it's the work ethic it just depends but at least the money would be out the way um and i would definitely just try to make multiple revenues income because i I've, I've watched so many like uh, lottery stories where people won millions of dollars and then they broke the next year. So I'm going to try to figure out some type of way where I can build generational wealth. That way my children, mm-hmm. their children, children, or what, however we make it happen, whatever the future holds, we'll, we'll be all right financially. I think that's, that's what's up. It makes me think about, um, I have no choice but to think about based on all of our answers. Have y'all heard y'all heard of um Professor Dr. Joy James? So she is uh she's a professor and she has this theory uh, that she has written about called the captive maternal. And it's about like the people who are in the system and how and it, it doesn't have a it says captive maternal and that gives you like almost gendered word, but it's it's not a gendered person, it's a person who is really sacrificing all that they have, sacrificing what they have to help community because they are so um, entrenched in, um, in oppression. And it's interesting that we all have, a um, that we all have a way, uh, uh, all of our answers have a way to try to bring up the people that are around us <laughs> because we, and, and literally we would be giving our money to systems that we know are broken like even in what mm-hmm. we're talking about, when we talk about the real estate system, when we talk right. about like we and even the nonprofit and charities that that we are talking about giving to, we are literally putting it back into like a capitalistic broken system. But because we don't, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, we can't fix it. We will at least want it to make it better for the people around us. And that yeah. kind of it's it's deeper than that. But um, if you want to. Um, Learn about her theory, Captain Maternal, Captain Maternal by um, Professor Joy James. She is at the Williams College, I think, um, a professor there. And she always is reading and she always is on point. So I live for her. But um, that's yeah. one of the things that I think about when, when I think about all of our answers, because a lot of us are really just sacrificing a lot for um, 
for our people, but how the system works is it needs people like us to keep the system, the broken system needs people like us to, to do what we do, like, and sacrifice to keep, keep the people who are, um, who are in our communities living so they can for their labor. And I think it's kind of, it's her explanation is deeper than that, but I'm just kind of on the surface level of it. But it's interesting that we all, a part of our money would be going back to the system that we are literally trying to break. When you talk about that, Diamond, I, I think about like, um, I also <laughs> think about like, um, when you think about like groups of people who are able to move good and do things together, I, if you were able to like, like you said, like bring your circles together and help them be their own bosses and stuff, y'all can create your own space which would be even more profitable for the people around you. So I definitely agree. And the people around you would be your community. And it works for a little bit. It works. Those systems that you can create works for a little bit. But if the people that are coming behind you don't invest in that same growth or in that same vision of owning, of, um, of making a whole new structure, the system can crush it within... You know, just a few generations, even if it's just one generation. I have seen other people create, look at, you know, and not this one is, I don't want to say it's extreme, but um, it is extreme. But I don't want to say it like it's a unique situation. But even like Black Wall Street, like when we think about what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma and those things, when we think about that, um, you know, they were building up. They were building something up. They were investing in themselves. And, you know, yeah, y'all got a segregated queue. So we about to build this shit up in our own in our own ranks. And mm-hmm. here they come and fuck it all up. And so there's many situations across um, history that um, the system, however it works, can come in. And what we like, we think about... Um, you know, our, our great, 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 great grandparents or grandparents or whoever, how they work so hard to own their houses. And then the, the by the time it gets to the grandkids or great grandkids, they don't own the house no more because either the parents that sold the house or they couldn't afford to keep it or they had to refinance mm-hmm. it to pay for somebody. Well, I also want to say, though, on that, too, with that housing stuff that how we've been targeted around that housing stuff. We buy houses. We buy houses. We buy houses. We buy houses. The OA crisis, people refinancing on houses they almost had paid for, now they six figures in debt. You know, yeah, like the loan, the loan shit that was happening in the seventies mm-hmm. and the eighties. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's a big the gentrification out here in Seattle. They said they came up in here, they bought a couple of houses, raised on property taxes, and basically forced these people out of their neighborhoods because the grandparents like we can't keep up <laughs> with they building a condo next door. And so, and that's what I mean. Like we, it it feels like sometimes when we create spaces that these beautiful spaces of um, empowerment with the people, like say you really do something and the people that, that are in like on, not, not on your level, but the people that are right in your line of circle of support, 
and y'all yeah. built something, it only takes like one generation for that thing to go to be bombed. Look at what was going on with Black um, Black Panther Party. Look at what, what, what they were creating and what's the legacy of it now other than history. Do we see those kind of things? There is a legacy um, in inspiring people to do 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 more and try to do things, mm-hmm. but it feels like every time a, we come up with a system that feels like freedom or feels like a new way to do something, it either is crushed by white folks or some sellout coon does something mm-hmm. to fuck it up because they're too busy trying mm-hmm. to be a capitalist or too busy, mm-hmm. you know, trying to trying to mimic white white supremacy in, on an economic level. Um, you get what I'm saying? Those things kind of um, create a big riff and you could lose this whole network or lose this whole system or even just simple, simply people's egos. And you can lose a whole network within a couple of years or a generation and... And it feels like God. She, they, and then they'll be talking about you, Mia. Your, your children or your great great grandchildren will be talking about you. Like, yeah, our great grandmother. Because I, I, I know talking about my great grandparents like this. Um, our, yeah, our great grandmother got four million dollars one time, and honey, she did so much to help us. And da 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 da. And now we ain't got nothing to show for it. How many black people have that story? It is so many. I want to avoid that. That's basically why I'm bringing this mm-hmm. up. I want to, I would mm-hmm. want to try to avoid that because my grandparents yeah. was like that. My granddad owned tons of land and he was swindled out of it. Right. By white people. And so right. I don't, and then my grandmother, she had a whole house that could have been passed down to us, but then she was swindled out of it by her sister. <laughs> so not just white people, but uh-huh. her, <laughs> Our own right, people. Right, and so right, right, and right, so right. on and so on and so on. And so I want it to help generations and generations and generations, but I don't I would want to try to avoid having that conversation generations down the line. Do you think like if we kept, you know, because a lot of people say segregation really like messed up everything, our economy, because we had to spend money with each other and kind of keep that money in? Segregation. Or um, integration messed up. Integration. I mean, the goal was like desegregation, but it wasn't necessarily integration. It was desegregation. I should be able to go where I want when I want or live where I live, where I went, where I want. But it wasn't black people would be better around white people. We were fine with just black people. Better schools, usually better teachers, all that kind of stuff, because they invested in the community in, in some places. Right. And so I'm wondering, like, with this thing, do you think if we were able to keep stuff insular do you think that could impact that generational piece they were forced to do it back then because racism is fucking ridiculous and so white people is like oh no we don't want to drink the same fountain we don't want to drink or sleep in the same hotels we don't want to do all this stupid shit so it was forced for them to work within their own system and so it benefited them and it wasn't until you know, they're like, oh, wait, they got a lot of coins over there. What's going on? How can we work the system to try to get these coins? And I right. feel like because of capitalism and the and the, the seductiveness of money yeah. and capitalistic gain, I feel like somebody, it may not be every single person, 
but somebody would allow some people to infiltrate and be like, oh, they got something that's working over here. How can we exploit it? And there will be some type of loophole. There will be some type of system. And it's, and like you said, Mia, it's not, uh, it's not me trying to be pessimistic. It's just the reality of the system. They want it to be, they want to destroy us. They want it to be something that is fucking us over. Or the tools in the system is a, can allow somebody to come in and fuck us over if we, you know, if we let it. But usually, the, what is seductive mm-hmm. is the money. How can I mm-hmm. turn the situation that may not be benefiting me as much as I want it to be? And turned it into a situation that benefits me more. Ooh, let me become a lobbyist for it. Like politicians do all the time. They have all these amazing things. And then as soon as somebody come with a little bit of more money, a little bit more something to oil their bank account, they're like, okay, well, let me sacrifice just a little bit of my integrity. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, a little bit more, a little bit more, right. a little bit more. And, and I think that that will eventually happen because you don't come across tons of solid ass motherfuckers even in our own community like Mm -hmm. you might have one two three four maybe people that's with your cause and solid and trustworthy and will be ride or dies once your pool gets bigger it's hard to control what other people are going to do and how they're going to compromise the flow of money how they're going to compromise the flow of integrity the flow of what y'all are actually doing when you get bigger who is going to be that yeah. one to sell out? You hope that is yeah. no right, but you don't, you never right. know. And it only takes that one person to fuck it up. How can we perfect a system that wasn't even made for us? It's, it's a way you can flip anything, but. What I saw growing up being like working class black people were bougie black folks spend their money with other bougie black people. And that money just stayed amongst Black people, whether it's black doctor, black lawyer, black this, black that, black this, black that. When my mom was growing up in Milwaukee, you know, everybody class wise lived amongst each other. It was super segregated, but like black people lived up on black people. The doctor lived next to the janitor. The janitor lived next to the everybody lived on top of each other. And so when you spent your money at restaurants, you still was spending that money with black people that own, you know, these smaller businesses and stuff like that. And I'm wondering, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that didn't have its problems, but I'm just like, but you also had other institutions in the community where people were getting together to even engage and spending money through the churches or these clubs. And, you know, it's like, I don't know if we'll ever get back to that. And and it has its problems. That's what I'm talking about. Even in that situation, in those situations where, okay, we are building this kind of inner community, it only takes one person to fuck up the flow of that. Like a perfect example that was recently depicted was on the um, series called Them. Did you watch that? Mm -mm. So the series called Them, there was a person, they were trying to integrate this white neighborhood. And a part of the story was this white woman had finally got into the boys club of bankers. And it was her job to recruit colored folks to buy these predatory loans. It Mm. only takes, do you see what I'm saying? It only takes that one person to be predatory and be and and somebody to fall prey to it. And then it it can snowball until Mm -hmm. that money is coming out of the community. Like it's it only takes one scheme. It only takes one scheme. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. In order for that to 
to start the leak where initially it could be insular and it's like, ooh, this ball is rolling. But as soon right. as somebody see that this is an untapped, exploit exploitable right. situation, yep. Yep. it's like, ooh, bam, I, I done I don't got good with this white person. And it and and sometimes it's not as <laughs> conscious. You see what I'm saying? It's not as conscious. It's not like it was like, oh, sometimes I'm just, oh, I think that I'm just um. Sometimes it what what I watch see all the time is people moving like predatory capitalists. Yeah, and no, their and their excuse is <laughs> I'm just trying that's to real. come up. Don't I deserve nice things? Don't I deserve um? You know what I'm saying? Don't I deserve luxury? Don't I deserve the right. nice things in life? Yes, you deserve nice things. And it kind of throws, it kind of can blind us to, yes, you deserve nice things, but you don't need to exploit people either. There's a way to get nice things without exploiting people. Right. And so right. that's the right. that's that's the crux. It's like, yes, you deserve an ama- amazing things, but don't fucking um fuck people over in the process of you getting these amazing things. And if you are, then you are part of the problem and you are the people that you are maneuvering like predatory capitalistic white men period yeah yeah. there is a level of hyper capitalism yeah yeah and it only takes one person to kind of fuck up us like a a good system where you are like oh we are helping each other it only takes one person to fuck up the whole flow that's facts that was an interesting topic oh i i definitely think that um everybody should be allowed to go to the the restroom that they they want to go to and um children trans children shouldn't have to be suing schools because they can't they can't go to the restroom first it's it's publicly embarrassing and even as adults just any in any space let's make sure that we're thinking of everybody not just the peep the community that we're a part of so basically, I was looking at some stuff on Fox News. <laughs> Fox News are some of the biggest trollers right now as far as news media. But um, I looked on their site. They talked about something about J.K. Rowling. I was like, OK, let me click on this or whatever. So. I click on the different article they reference to, and basically it says USQ MLQ pursued name change for Quidditch. And so basically, as I read through the article on the USQ website, they say that the sport in Harry Potter, um, they made it real life into a real life game. Um, from the Harry Potter book series, uh, basically with when they go on them broomsticks and shit, and they yeah, when they have the broomsticks and they kind of kicking that thing yeah. through the rings, and then they never seen really and seen Harry was the he gets to fly that one little flying little goal ball. If you catch mm-hmm. that little goal ball, you win the whole thing. All right, that yeah. game. And so okay. they somehow made it into real life. I don't know how. I ain't never seen it. I'm sure it looks silly. It looks but, like this. <laughs> uh, Let's it see. Looks if I can, but, uh, I don't know if you guys can see that, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they look like they just 
They running with brooms. That sounds. That looks like that would be baby. If you hit that broom the wrong way, I see a man run, running with a broom, a broom between his legs, baby. Um, <laughs> or a woman. Or a woman um, too, but baby, the balls gonna hurt worse. <laughs> no, I'm saying or the woman's balls. Anyways. You're late. Jesus, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> or the yes, inclusive yes. balls. Come on now. Right. Inclusivity. <laughs> Come on for inclusive balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what basically, they say, they say, I believe Quidditch is at a turning point. We continue the status quo and stay relatively small, or we can make big moves and really propel the sport forward to the next phase. And so they go on to talk about how they have certain limitations as to doing certain stuff because Warner Bros. Are, um, own the word Quidditch, basically. It's trademarked by them, even though it comes from J.K. Rowling's book. And then they go on to say, additionally, the leagues are hoping a name change can help them continue to distance themselves from the works of J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter book series, who has increasingly come under scrutiny for her anti-trans positions in recent years. Our sport has developed a reputation as one of the most progressive sports in the world on gender equality and inclusivity, in part thanks to its gender maximum rule which stipulates that a team may not have more than four players of the same gender on the field at the same time. Both organizations feel it's imperative to live up to his reputation in all aspects of their operations and believe this move is a step in that direction. <laughs> um, they plan on surveying stakeholders at the end of January to basically help make it grow. So yes, my question to you guys is, I'm pr- I'm pretty aware of how most people feel about J.K. Rowling in the trans community, but I want you guys to think of how you would fe- how you feel about it first off, and how you would feel if you created something and then you have views that certain people didn't like, and they were inspired by your work taking a name from that work and then saying, no, actually, never mind, we're going to name it something else. And even though it's the sport from her book, <laughs> they, they talk about how it's not affiliated with Warner Brothers, J.K. Rowling, or none of that. So really, they've never been affiliated. I guess they should say they're inspired by <laughs> a sport in her book, in her series. So how would you feel about that as the creator and also, how do you feel about the situation? Are you anyway feeling empathetic or are you still like, fuck it? Empathetic to J.K. Rowling? Fuck her. Let me tell y'all oh, what she said. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what this bitch just said. Her most recent transphobic tweet or, or, or rant. She was like, so, so, so her whole reason why she um, is like on her whole trans thing is because she said that she's a victim of domestic abuse from men. And um, she feels like, you know, she, she feels like 
with the the restroom issue and people with the recent increase of uh, young trans people coming out, that natal born women are in in risk of being in danger because of the abuse she she, um, she went through. And well, specifically, this is what she said. She said, so I want trans women to be safe. At the same time, I do not want to make natal girls and women feel less safe. When you throw open the doors of bathrooms and changing rooms to any man who believes or feels he's a woman. And as I've said, gender confirmation certificates may now be granted without any need of of surgery or hormones. Then you open the door to any and all men who wish to come inside. That is the simple truth, she says. Anyways, the bitch is late. So fuck her. I don't give a fuck about her. Miss J.K. Rowling. I know that's right. (laughs) What's she saying wrong today, right? (laughs) Yeah, every day there's something else, something else cute. So she, the girl, J.K. Rowling. But if if I was, um, if I was late, and like like late to it like in a ignorant type of way and people decide not to just associate with my work no no basically they took a sport from her book no i get what they did but i'm saying like they changed the name of it because they trying to just associate themselves with her in general with they, they were inspired by her, but they changed it because they're like, girl, you're late. But I, I'm answering the question. If I felt like that was done to me because I was being, because she's being late, blatantly, when a, a large piece of the community has told her that she <laughs> that she's late and she keeps on being late, I think that, that I would, if I was in her shoes, me, if I was in her shoes, I would take accountability for it, but and I would I would kind of expect it because when you take a stance like that, um, there's just consequences to everything. So, okay, what about you guys? Yeah, I need my coins. I need my coins. <laughs> Pay me if it's my idea. If it comes out of my mind, if it comes out of whatever, whatever you creating from my book, my da da da, you you ain't gotta mention me and none of that shit. But I need my coins, right? I need my right. money. I think it's fair for me to ask for my money. I think it's fair because this is my creation, regardless yeah. of how problematic I am, regardless of whatever. This is my creation. This is mine. And so if you are using it in a business aspect and and I can prove that this idea comes from my shit, which clearly it does, this is is without question, I need my money. Give me my money. I I'm not tripping about I would never trip about JK Rowling um getting her money for any anybody. This is also go back to the conversation about who can get canceled, who can't. Some, it gets to a point where you have so much money that you can't be canceled, period. You're going right. to always have a platform. You're going to always right. have a way to make your money. So it ain't no such thing as canceling somebody with this amount of power, this amount of money and financing behind their name. But yes, mm-hmm. I think it's appropriate for people to stop fucking with people. But if you are taking her work and taking her idea and creating a business of it, creating T-shirts, creating um, 
products or whatever that is from her fucking shit, you owe her fucking money. Regardless, I don't care how problematic she is. It's her shit. So pay her. And so for Mm me, I would want my coins. I wouldn't care about you disassociating. Cool. You don't like what I got to say politically? Cool. Don't fuck with me. But pay me, though. Pay me my money because that's my idea. Don't steal my fucking work or or trying to spin it off into something else because you fucking renamed it. We know this is from my shit. This is my shit. So fucking pay me. Period. I think that's anybody. I think anybody. Period. Anybody who is that's their work, I think that should be protected because as a black person, I don't want my shit to be stolen. I don't want any people's shit to be stolen. And I think that people's creation should be pre- um, should be protected. And I people should I think if you if you were so inspired and you you see a business in this, pay the person, pay them. Mm-hmm. I don't like her. I don't want her to get paid as on a personal level. I don't I want her to go away. But she made something fucking magical that that are, that is inspiring people. So she gets should get paid. That's my opinion. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know she was due some money. Like I didn't know they weren't making a profit or anything off of it. No, they if it's turned into a sport business, yeah, they got league and shit. Yeah, it's her yeah. sport paid up. I agree when she died. Yeah, pay her. I'm a, co-sign. I'm, wanna, I'm a co-sign on that. But I agree with them too, as far as we don't want you involved. <laughs> If we're trying to make this into a business, I don't want you involved because the shit you're doing don't align with what we're trying to do over here. Yes, we can pay you for whatever amount that we agree on in regards to percentage of whatever, but I don't want you to be the in the box and in the stands of the fucking sport <laughs> thing. Like, hey, I'm one of the create. No, fuck out of here. No, we're just going to pay you right. and move on. <laughs> right. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I give her because I feel like that's morally, that's morally right. Morally, mm-hmm. whether you don't agree with the person or politics or not, like yeah, it's to like steal anything from anybody because you know, especially as a person of color, that's been happening to black people in the industry way before we was we got rights and we still happen. <laughs> Listen, one of the uh, things the elders used to say back home, they be like, the best thing the white man invented for himself was the patent office. Cause you know, oh, that's mine now. <laughs> Trademark. So they right copyright. You know, but uh, no, I, I agree as well. Like if that's yours, that's your content, that's your idea. They're inspired by it. Give me my money. Well, my closeout on it is to remind people there is a nuance and political stances with everybody like like for example Caitlyn Jenner and her being a Republican and people thinking that trans people have to have certain politics and then also some strict conservative people think that um only you could be you could only be in the club if you have these politics that all these rules around politics and like the the irony of J.K. Rowling getting criticized by a lot of Christians as well, and her fighting yeah. with some of them to have deep gender roles of how they see things. So, you know, I think that's a pretty good reminder that there's always a nuance in politics. 
And also that you, it's okay for you to have your opinions and be discriminating about things that, um, that is in your personal circle. But when it comes to legal stuff, there are laws and there are protections and not saying that they are all correct and they're all right. But, you know, when it comes to protecting your actual intellectual property, your art, your creativity, I think that, um, we should definitely center the artist. So, um, you know, we talked about the court not too long ago. Apparently, uh, the Catholic Church has some folks who are preparing to go to federal court. Uh, I believe it's District 8. Um, they're trying to sue to... Um, basically not have to provide care, gender-affirming care to trans people. That's the gist of it. And so there was a whole, there's been a couple different cases. In 2016, the federal government began implementing a mandate mm-hmm. uh, requiring doctors to work with trans patients around surgery and gender-affirming care. So these Catholic, like churches, not churches, Catholic <coughs> hospitals, doctors, and these little clinics Basically, like if you don't provide care for trans people, you could face penalties. This was all like a change of legislation. So they're suing um, to basically make this legal. Apparently in 2020, excuse me. So sorry, in 2020, the Trump administration put in place conscious protections for doctors who are opposed to the mandate, but it was blocked by the courts. And then in 2021, the U.S. District Court in uh, North Dakota struck down the transgender mandate. And then they actually, like, it's just been a lot of back and forth. So basically right now, the court, uh, they tried to take it to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court was like, we're not touching this. (coughs) And they sent it back to um, state court. So where we are now is that these folks have filed this case. because they feel like this is violating their religious freedom um, to have to provide care for trans people. Um, And so it's like, obviously that's some foolishness, um, but also like there's also been this case around abortion rights that's been up. And a lot of these cases are really coming down to trying to see about federalism, like trying to see like, do we have the right as a state to do whatever we want to do over here? Do we have a right, even though this is about these Catholic hospitals, it's still about like this freedom to, you know, you know, to do whatever we want to people, basically, um, and have that legislated and be protected as saying, well, we have a right as a state, but we have a right as a religious institution. Now, it's kind of, it's like it's inverted from where we at now, <laughs> where we've had all these protections come out to cover gender and cover race, because it's not going to stop with this. Because this is about, I don't have to deal with Black people, right? Like, this is not just, like, it started with abortion and trans folks, but this is really about getting to a place where you can say, well, this is against my beliefs over here, or this is my state over here, and th- these are our laws, so you can't impose the federal government, because that's, right, on me. You can't impose the federal government on me to do this stuff at my church or my, or my religious hospital. You can't impose the federal government on my state to have to do a thing. Um, and so I was just wondering, like, what are 
yeah, like, have y'all heard about these cases or anything around folks suing this stuff, suing but around the hospital? Excuse me. Not specifically, like, not that specific case, but, like, no shade. The world has been pushing back. Like, I, I, like as we progress, there's been a lot of pushback mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, so it's not something that's like, oh, my gosh. No, I kind of feel like Asia did something like that. Somewhere mm-hmm. in... Um, Somewhere over there in Germany, uh, over there in the U- somewhere over there, you yeah. know, Germany, all, all the way over there, they're doing something like everywhere they're doing a cute little pushback. It's just the like legally differently in different countries, how able they're able to wear a style versus different places. So some people right. are getting wore out, wore out, and some people right. are getting a little light, light. So right. I think that it's late. It's all corrupt. Like whenever you think about the Catholic Church, I, I'm, and it's no shade. I always think about the Pope and the boys. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I always think of that. For, or, I mean, it's, I never think of anything that's good about them. Like I think about, I think religion and politics have always played a big part in like the way minorities are able to grasp um, any type of freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're like organized. I'm about to send this link. There's a they have like a transgender mandate thing. And so we see these different systemic attacks. I guess my my other question is like, how do you think we can be engaged? Because clearly this is like not going away. And there's a lot of stuff that we're all dealing with with COVID, folks dealing with a lot of different levels of insecurity. Um, But like, how do you think that we can how do you like what do you think it would take to get people engaged around these issues? I mean, especially when we all got so much stuff going on just in life. You know, well, I, think to- I think that's being exploited right now because everybody's so vulnerable. Yeah. So people are just kind of running game, running shop. But I feel like if we don't wake up, like we're gonna turn around, it's gonna be like 2024, these courts gonna change these things. People thought they had health care, now you don't. Like everything that I mean, you know, because you and I, I mean, you know, transitioning before all these laws changed before healthcare was covering stuff like that, this is night and day, you know, um, between like when I started transitioning, it was before all the healthcare coverage was there for any of this stuff. And it was like a friend of a friend said, see a doctor who is not an endocrinologist and pay out of pocket to do this. And it just was like a whole thing. And that doesn't, that kind of network does not exist right now because like social you, media, you, know. you remember in our day, like you literally <laughs> had to go to a foot doctor to get, prescribe something that you want <laughs> come on that's where i went that's where i went that's where exactly and i went exactly i took my butt there to this random building okay in this private clinic came to a different city paid four hundred dollars out of pocket to get the blood work first and that goes back to married. what i was talking about Jay, as far <laughs> as it, it only that that one little they saw a market of trans people who wanted prescription for these things yep. and they uh, yep. and they ex they galvanized yep. they um yep. price gouged the amount they wanted and said you go if you want this prescription for your testosterone you're gonna have to pay us four hundred dollars and because yep. you're a trans person you had to pay the fucking four hundred dollars out of pocket because you right. need your fucking hormones because that's, that is that's, that's before you get the script and that that's one doctor was the exploiting the situation <laughs> Yeah. And that's before you get the script. Right. That's not to get that's not you buying a prescription. That's to do the blood work first to see if you can get the prescription to see where your hormone levels are at, 
to see all these other things that you need to do with blood work out of pocket. And the and consultation fee. And a consultation. So th- this is just the, the hormone part. Then it's like, okay, do I go to walk? Because it was a little network too about the pharmacies. If you're going to a actual pharmacy. So it's like, do I go to Walgreens? Oh, and when I was in Madison, it was a little community hippy dippy pharmacy. So instead of paying 120 something dollars out of pocket at this place, you could pay 8272 over here. You know, <laughs> you know, but what's, what I, what I, what I'm concerned about and why it's like, what can, like, what, like, what do we need? Like what's going on? Cause we, I think it's going to sneak up. And because all the trans, the conversation around trans stuff has become mainstream, and anytime something becomes mainstream, it becomes white middle class agenda focused. And they've turned everything around trans stuff, health, trans related stuff, medical, surgical, legal, all this stuff has become social. It's like trans. So when this stuff, if they pull that rug out, they don't care how you feel. You're going to have to figure out how you, <laughs> how you get what you need. And, and, and all, this, all this stuff's not going to matter. You know, baby, listen. No, I believe you because baby, they done pulled the rug so many times. I I feel like (laughs) I feel like we we will always make a way. Like when you are somebody who have been in a survival situations for a a long time, or you grew up around that um, because of systemic um, white supremacy, and um when you've been in, 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 in environments where everybody's surviving, that's mm-hmm. not really just living, you figure out ways in order to make shit happen. So people will make shit happen. Also right now at this moment, this is, this is how crazy performative motherfuckers with money play. <laughs> I have a friend. I have a friend who is under contract with she just for not not right now, like within the past week, she just got her last payment under contract for the Catholic Church to to help them bring trans clients into their health care. Like literally, she she is helping them. This is her job description to to help them craft narratives that can bring trans people now mind you she is in a state that is quite liberal i don't i i want to give too much tea because i don't want to um mess right, up her bag right. or anything like that but right. she is in a state that's quite liberal and so maybe this area of the class catholic church is trying to do something um more progressive because it is a liberal state but the irony of on a national level, they are attacking trans people, but in this particular arena, they are actually hiring trans people to try to get to recruit more trans people to come and get their services. Catholic specifically, Catholic. She has a con- literal contract with the Catholic Church. <laughs> literal contract, and so for me, that's wild. So, like. Are you saying the Catholics on a big level are against trans people? Yeah, no, I'm saying, well, yes, but like oh. this is specifically around like the Catholic hospital. So like in Milwaukee, for example, yes. you know, uh, I have a friend who went to one of the Catholic hospitals and instead of just being like, we don't want to fuck with you as a trans person, they fucked all his shit up. They fucked his hormones up. They fucked all that shit up. He was getting his period. All kinds of fucking ridiculous ass That's shit. what I think he's giving. Right? And so, right. I think he's giving, right. you know, you I think he's giving so, like, he's going <laughs> to set you up. Like, 
Yeah, send them my way so we can gather them. I mean, I, I do think it's a it's a level. I do think there is a, a piece of it that is regional to a certain extent, like like Diamond was saying. But I also what you're saying, too, because it, I don't think this is just about obviously there's something else going on. But when it comes back to this court shit, though, they trying to get this to Amy. They trying to get this to Brett Kavanaugh. Now. They trying to get this all the way up. That's intentional. The right. Because the Supreme Court, they, there was a cat in California, a trans guy and the Catholic hospital said we ain't performing your hysterectomy. Sorry, we don't do that. We don't believe in that. And so they got I, they lost that, but the, the the hospital lost that battle, and they tried to take why go to court. Why go to them though? Like it, I, this is what I'm not because because let, I'll get I'll tell you why. For example, in Milwaukee, there used to be a lot more hospitals, right? But they divested, especially in the hood. So in Milwaukee, if you black, your options at the closest hospitals are cat are only Catholic hospitals are oh, only within Franciscan. Right. So like, or you can go to the trauma one center where everybody go, where you get shot, you outside talking about my cousin got shot. That's it. <laughs> Everything else is, is in, for example, in Milwaukee, most of the hospitals are within that, are, are within that uh, Catholic system of hospitals outside of uh, just like one or two. Mm. Um, uh, so you got your St. Mary, St. Michael's, St. This, St. This, St. That, St. Luke's. Those are the main hospitals. Those are the big ass hospitals there. Even um, in Madison as well, you have a St. Mary's and a da 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 da. da. So right. unless we you're have, in a place, don't we have like St. Jude and Methodist here? Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So unless you go in, a lot of times, a lot of in a lot of places, the only hospitals that are not connected to a church system are often like the you know connected to a university or they're connected to. Um, you know, or, you know, usually they're connected to the universities in places. It's usually some kind of way that or the, or the, the county hospitals. But outside of that, oftentimes a lot of the other hospitals are a St. This, a, a St. Yeah, that. Yeah, associated with the church. And I think that's when the government needs to say when it's a when it's a church thing, when it's a church, you don't have the option because of, because it's and medical. Federal dollars. Because yeah, it's medical, I don't feel like they should have the option to opt out. I don't care but about but there's at all. What they're saying is though, what they're saying is this is harming trans people. This is harming them. We know this is a medical because from our perspective, X, Y, and Z. But in my opinion, and I in my perspective, because this is all of this shit, the school shit, all this shit. You want me to pay for a motherfucker to fuck with me. I'm not trying to pay for a motherfucker to fuck with me because I pay taxes. You don't have to own fucking property to pay taxes. You pay taxes every fucking day. You take the bus, you pay taxes. You buy shit, you pay taxes. We all pay into this federal system, right? And so what they're saying, they still want my fucking money and you're not trying to like give me what the fuck I need because like when you fucking with people's horn, like they fuck with this cast hormones, right? Like you're getting your pit, all kinds of shit. Like what? And most people, most trans people, don't have you know like i'm i was a women's studies major at like white women 70s feminist early you know hippy dippy shit like i was in the ep, one of the epicenters of that shit so i learned about women's health and it could take black women you know i could take these classes and take these courses and get this fucking information in that place but most people don't have that goddamn information about their body to even to know because i took women's health classes and you couldn't get out the intro class without knowing how to how your period started and writing it out because most people, most AFAB people don't learn about that. So they just want you to know if you might be pregnant, basically. It gave me a head start 
when it came to transitioning medically, because I already knew about, you know, oh, my body is warm. I just knew some foundational things. You know what I'm saying? And most people don't know that. So when you comes to, when it comes to hormones, particularly, you go into this, if you can get a period too, and you don't know shit, that's fucked up. And we paying for that shit. So my thing is like, we all got so much shit going on as trans people. But I feel like we have to be more engaged in these issues because this shit is going to calm down on us. And it's like, what's the balance between handling your own shit but just kind of staying in the know? Because if they pull that shit and you roll up at your hospital in 2023 <laughs> and they're like, girl, we don't do that no more. But you didn't know. Like that dude you know? with Grand Parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So it's just like, what? I mean, like, we in a whole different era. Like, what can we do? Like, what do we need to do to be able to be in I don't know. I don't have an answer. So I'm asking, like, you know, it's like, how do we, we just need need more allies? Stay like, engaged, you know? They're just doing it. Cause this they tried. This is this not at the Supreme Court, because they did kick back the hysterectomy shit, because they knew that was wild. They were like, we can't be like taking this case for you, like, we not gonna provide a hysterectomy. They didn't want nothing to do with that. I think that was too messy for them. But this shit. Because you know they got that whole Catholic extreme religious right shit on the Supreme Court element. So it's like, I don't know, fam. You know? And it, you know, but that's my question. I don't know. I just, I feel like we should, um, there should be, I'm on the fence about certain things. Like, I felt weird. I felt a weirdness when it comes to like that cake baking um, situation. Like that cake, remember that cake baking situation where they were trying to use religion to not make the wedding cake for that. Um, yeah, that's person. this whole religious freedom shit. <laughs> yeah. Totally different situation, but in situations like that, it's something about me that says, "Let them do what they want to do. Don't give them mm-hmm. our fucking money." But right. that's a fucking cake. It doesn't matter with somebody live. When it comes to medical, that that yes. is that is not an option. When it comes to uh, when it comes to you deciding whether or not you do your medical stuff on me or stuff that I need, look, do my shit. It should be illegal for you to deny me the medical shit that I need. I I'm not fully on board with the idea that they should be forced to make the cake because that's not. Mm-hmm. That's not life or death. That's like, if I don't want to mm-hmm. fucking make a cake, if I'm a business and I want to, cre- and I don't want to create, then some motherfucker tell me, come, they want me to make them a swastika cake. Bitch, no, I don't want to make a fucking swastika cake. Bitch, got me fucked up. No. It's something about that that I can fuck with. Like, no, I don't want to fucking, I don't want my business doing this. Go somewhere else with your business. And somebody forcing me to do it will annoy the fuck out of me. But. You know what I'm saying? I don't think mm-hmm. I should have that option in life or death situations, in 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 medical situations. I, it should not be optional for you to do the normal medical stuff for me as anybody. That's anybody, not just trans people. Anybody, right. you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to um, choose to opt out of that. I don't know. I have a problem with that, particularly if they're getting federal money. Like yeah, yo, they have to be. They take the, if they're taking Medicaid, Medicare yeah. patients. They get yes, federal money. No, you get no Obamacare money. Right. So no, don't fucking play with my health. Don't fucking play with my life. Play with my cakes, <laughs> but don't play. <laughs> but don't, don't play, play with that bullshit. But you know, you can tell me no about the bullshit. I want to give you my money anyway if you're a homophobe or you're a transphobe. But I want you to be able to, yeah. you know, not say no to my healthcare stuff. 
yeah, this is something definitely to keep an eye out on. Um, we'd love to get your thoughts on this issue. And, you know, what do you think are ways to keep folks informed? Because uh, this thing is going to be, I think it's going to be a long ride uh, with these courts. And, um, yeah, I think we got a fight on our hands coming ahead. And I agree with you, Diamond, about the cakes. Sure. But can I still get what I need at this <laughs> Can I pick up my prescription though? <laughs> <laughs> Facts. That's real. <laughs> so, so I think we have done a show. Make sure y'all share and comment. Let us know what's up. And we will see y'all next week. Y'all have a happy New Year's. Oh, yeah. 2022. <laughs> happy 2022. New Year, guys. Happy New All Year. Right, Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right.